Ever stay at a hotel and just want to bring it all home? Yeah, me too. We're going to talk about that today and how you can. Here we go. You're listening to Welcome Home to the Suburbs. Designing a new home to be your family's sanctuary can feel impossible during the stress of moving. In this podcast, interior designer Jill Kalman shares practical advice, design wisdom, and lifestyle tips for anyone moving to a new home. You'll learn all about the psychology of a well-designed home and how to survive the move and thrive in your new life. Say goodbye to overwhelm and hello to a home you love to come back to every single time. Here's your host, Jill Kalman. I'm so excited to bring you Hotels to Home today with Darcy Goodwin. Darcy is the expert on bringing those great things that we all enjoy at hotels into our home. And I've always been a proponent of that. So many times we go to a hotel and there's so many things we enjoy there that I think, why don't we have this in our own home? So she's the perfect guest to have on. She is a seasoned world traveler with a passion for lifestyle improvement. She has spent over two decades designing at-home luxury lifestyle experiences that exemplify Hotels to Home Living, and she has a book that outlines all of this, which is amazing. Navigating the complex roles of entrepreneur, wife, mother, and philanthropist, she searched for a ready-made guide to enjoy an elevated lifestyle within the home. But in the absence of finding one, she designed her own. Darcy looked no further than her fondness for luxury hotel stays to take the bones of a home and give it life. Ultimately, curating beloved hospitality experiences and creating a domicile that is a true haven. Her holistic lifestyle brand covers multiple facets of daily living and celebrates distinct personal tastes, allowing the approach to be customized and enjoyed across individual households. Darcy resides in Colorado with her husband and two children, where they delight in blurring the lines between holiday and everyday living. So join me with Darcy for this great conversation. Hey, Darcy, I'm really excited to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for joining me. Oh, thank you for the invitation. I'm super excited to talk about all that is hotel living and home. Me too. I mean, I love, Darcy has a book called Hotels to Home, and I'm going to let her speak in a minute, but I love the topic because so many times I'll say to clients, like, think about when you travel and you take vacation. A lot of times you're staying in a room that's nicer than a room you have at home. That should say something to you. Like, why should that be? You know, your home should be great, right? Absolutely. And and on top of that, when you travel and when you stay in various hotels, you see so many different things that can give you great ideas and inspiration to put in your home because there's such amenities when we're at a hotel typically. And I think trying to think about how to incorporate those into our own home, which I think your book does a great job of. So having said that, just give the audience a brief background or introduction to what you do. And then we'll we'll dig in from there. Perfect. Well, I play many roles. I'm a wife, mm-hmm. mother, an entrepreneur, philanthropist, and now an author and a lifestyle designer. Mm-hmm. And I actually think it's really important to mention all of these different roles because many of us play a large number of roles in our life. And yep. this large number of roles basically was my catalyst to design hotels to home living, design the lifestyle. I was a young professional. I was raising two children mm-hmm. and I had to figure out a way to be successful in all areas of my life while also providing my own family with a springboard of well-being. Mm. And so I 
I was traveling a lot at the time and Mm -hmm. I love hotels. I love all that is hotel living. Me too. Oh my gosh. And I just appreciate the care and attentiveness. And I realized when I was busy traveling for work that hotels were really providing a backdrop for me to be successful. Mm. And so what I started doing was taking what I enjoyed about hotels and bringing it into my home and for my family. I love it. Oh, it's so good. And your book is so good. So we'll get into that. So let's start our chat where you start your book, The Lobby, and I'm doing air quotes, (laughs) and, and how that translates to our home. So let's talk about The Lobby, your definition of it, your findings of it. And then you have this great way of talking about how you need to incorporate that feeling and environment into your home. Well, I love a lobby. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy it. We have a vernacular in my family called lobby hopping. (laughs) And that's because I enjoy visiting different lobbies so much. For me, it's like enjoying a fashion magazine Mm. or an adventure book. Mm -hmm. Because each time I walk into a lobby, it's a portal into a new place, a new existence. And actually, what's interesting is I said that my, you know, my love for a lobby runs deep. I would say I can remember being nine years old. Mm -hmm. My family would go to brunch and it would normally be at a posh hotel. And of course, they went for the lovely food. Yeah. But the minute I stepped in the lobby, I was a happier being. Yeah. So I don't know that I recognized that until recently, but my love for hotel lobbies has been with me most of my life. And when I was writing the book and looking at the hotel lobby and then trying to take that home, I realized that my entryway, right, which is our own hotel lobby, mm-hmm. was really missing some elements that made me feel like I wanted to come home or yeah. leave in a very organized manner. Yeah, And so all of a sudden, I started reviewing all of these lobbies that I found so much comfort and joy and, and quite frankly, happiness in mm-hmm. and thought, okay, how can I do that in my private entryway for my family? But mm-hmm. also, how can I do that for my guests, right? Yeah. I mean, lobbies tell a story of what's to come. I wanted mm-hmm. my lobbies or my entryways to tell a story of what you could find if you visited our home. I love this so much. And I'm so much like you in that if I go to a different city or whatever, and especially if if you travel overseas, and I love going to the museums, don't get me wrong, but to me, the whole city's a museum because I love architecture. And so I'll look at the buildings and I look at doorways. And I, I even, I don't think I told you this story, but one of the hotels we stayed at in London, the marble floor had this awesome pattern that I loved. And throughout my travels through Europe, there was just a lot of hand painting and decorative painting done just throughout, whether it be in hotels, churches, museums, whatever. And when I came home, I took the pattern I saw on the floor, but I had it done in a decorative paint effect on my dining room floor. Like nice. Yeah. So you can, it's neat how you can translate stuff, but I'm very much like you in that, whether it's a hotel lobby or looking at moldings or looking, I love capturing doorways when I travel whether I'm in a beach destination or, you know, seeing the different color paint they use on the outside of a house. But what you say about the lobby is so, so important. All of those things that you just said. And I also think I was guilty of this too. I also think it's an overlooked part of the home. Totally. We forget that this is a part of the home that is utilized sometimes the most, right? Next to yeah. maybe the bedroom or the kitchen. Yeah. But how do you want to come home? Right. How do you want to leave? I mean, you want to feel good. Yeah. And it was funny that I hadn't 
here I am thinking I'm an expert in all of hotels to home. But part of my evolution was realizing our entryways did not really did not focus on who we were as a family. And so mm-hmm. I would encourage anybody to just walk in your home and first take a gut check. How do you feel? Because mm-hmm. think of hotels. Hotels know the importance of a lobby. You mm-hmm. better love it, right? And it's also going to give you a sense for what's to come. So do you love when you walk in? And does it represent who you are as a family? Yeah. And it's so, it resonates with me so much because when we've even been on family vacations, like, and you will get to a hotel we haven't stayed at before. And we walk in the lobby and like, like the kids are behind me and you hear them go, oh, wow, this is going to be great. <laughs> like if the lobby's great and we all feel like, oh my God, we're here. We haven't even seen the room yet. Or we haven't even seen the property yet. Right. But the lobby has been a big indicator. You're so right. And I never thought of it that way, but you walk in and it's just this sense of feeling already where you're like, oh my God, I'm so excited to be here. Right. Well, and I just did a speaking engagement and one mm-hmm. of the women after came up to me and said, I forgot how much my children like what I call a hydration station or just a, a, an area where you can get a sip of water right at the beginning of your journey. And I said, well, do you have one in your entryway? And, and she responded, no. And I thought, there you go. Put that hydration station in and your kids are just going to love it, especially during summertime. But yes. all times, you know, she, yeah. she already, and you know, Jill, just like you knew what you liked. Mm-hmm. And I think this is so interesting about just the human spirit. She knew she just didn't question herself, right? She knew what her kids liked as soon as they entered the lobby. Yeah. Yeah. But she hadn't questioned it so that she could implement it. She didn't explore her own thoughts to implement it. So, I mean, the whole Hotels to Home is really just taking time to think for yourself yeah. and then implementing that at home. Yeah. I think this is such a good perspective for people to you know, read your book and think about these things to bring these little details in the home. I think it's going to make a massive difference. Let's go on and talk about what you called the household tempo and how to find yours. I'd love if you had some tips you could impart on how a family can find their tempo and then how they incorporate that tempo into their home. Okay. And for the listeners, I would say a tempo is the original speed as defined by music terms. Mm -hmm. In lifestyle terms, I define a tempo as someone's innate speed, their Mm -hmm. original speed, who they really are. and we're all different beings and we all have a different, if you will, innate speed that Mm -hmm. makes us feel, and it's really two things. I thought about this. It makes us feel secure and stable Mm -hmm. if we're running at a tempo that we align with, but it also allows us to thrive. So if I'm running at a tempo that is my innate speed, and there I am using air quotes, then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden I become more successful at really any activity I endeavor. Yeah. And so you asked about you know, how to find that. And of course, my answer is always going to be look at hotels, but hotels run at different speeds. Yeah. And I got a sense for the speeds of hotels, the lobby and the check-in process that I was comfortable in, where I felt like it was in complete alignment with who Darcy was. Mm. But then I took it a step further and I thought to those hotel lobbies and check-ins, where my son or my daughter felt more comfortable or most comfortable. Mm -hmm. What I found in doing that is that while they're both successful, they certainly run at different tempos and they're most comfortable at different tempos. So it made me think, okay, I've got to think about what type of lobby energy and check-in process makes myself and them feel right. 
And then take that home and figure out how I can align to their tempos so that they are more successful. So just for an example, can you give me an example of like two different tempos? <laughs> like yours versus just, you know, just I, as an example yeah, to no, like I'm, illustrate. I'm I'm laughing because my children sit on absolutely opposite ends of right. the both spectrum. Right. My son thrives in an environment that is just built for speed. The quicker right. he can move through something, the better he feels. Okay. Uh, my daughter is what I would call smell the roses. Yep. And one of the ways and the best example I can give you how I really wanted to take care of both of them was their after school time. Mm-hmm. So my son would walk in the house and want a stream of chatter, plow through, you know, afternoon snacks, maybe have some music on mm-hmm. and move to the next thing very quickly. Right. Daughter wanted to settle in first, figure yeah. out her afternoon, what was going to make her most successful by the end of it. And so what I started doing was making sure that they entered the home in the way that was best for them. And the way I did that was taking a nod from hotels, I would set up a, we call it club level service, but I would Mm -hmm. set up like a hospitality station. This Mm -hmm. allowed my son to get through his snacking immediately Mm -hmm. and my daughter leisure time and then come back and grab something to eat and set herself up for the afternoon. That's so smart. Yeah, that, I just wanted you to give an example. And and I same thing in my house. The two kids were very opposite energy level wise. So your tempo is really your energy level, whether you're moving quickly or whether you're more laid back or relaxed, let's say. Is that a good way to like, I think so. boil yeah, it down? Really just, yeah, again, it, I call it original or innate speed. But yes, yes. I, you're right. It's your energy level. And you know what? I move pretty quickly. Yeah. But I can tell you that even when things get to a higher level tempo, yeah. I'm not as successful. And quite frankly, I get grumpy. Yeah, because then things get chaotic. I feel anyway, I'm pretty fast like you just said, but if it gets to a point, then it gets chaotic for me. And then I can't, yeah, focus and yeah. Yeah, I mean, then I'm more worried about the actual speed in which things are running than what I'm doing. Exactly. Or you could be careless, whatever. But yeah, I think that's a good point. Like the illustration you gave about the kids is a good one. And I think your solution is great. It's like snack bars already out in the kitchen. And the one who needs it immediately can go right to it. And the one who doesn't can leave it and come back down when they're ready. Yeah. I love that. And it's funny too. I like that you bring it up about hotels because I never really thought about it at a hotel. Does this hotel's tempo kind of either meet me where I am or am I able to be at my innate tempo in this environment? And that's really interesting. And I guess a good hotel would be one that caters to all, right? Absolutely. I think, I mean, I do think that hotels have certain speeds, but Mm. Understanding your customer, understanding your client is so important. Mm. I actually do not like a long check-in process and I get almost bothered by it. And Mm -hmm. it's also too much information Mm -hmm. and it's, it just, it's stopping me from getting into my vacation, which we just talked about. I walk in the lobby, I'm super excited, right? Let's visit the property. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, they're thinking a nice leisurely check-in is what a tourist might want. And so I do expect that hotels read their customer, their client base a little bit and Mm -hmm. say, how do they want to be checked in? Mm -hmm. Because we just talked about my son, right? So his check-in is very different than what my daughter would like. Right. I mean, give him all the information, throw it to him, give him a welcome drink, bring him over here, give him a tour. And then my daughter, she doesn't want that tour right away. Yeah. 
Yep. No, my husband's like that. Sometimes we'll check in and they want to give you like all the information. And he's he'll be like, we just want to go to the room and then we'll come back later. Like, <laughs> and if we have any I, questions or we'll grab the pamphlet or, you know, yeah. So it is, it is funny. Well, and you bring up husband. I also am, I have a husband and, you know, he has his own tempo too. Right. And that doesn't mean that his is necessarily mine. In fact, probably the opposite. But I'm laughing because I can think about how he would tell you about this. But I also, you know, we just had Father's Day yesterday, not to date the time on the calendar we're talking. But I thought about this because yesterday I needed to celebrate a day for him Mm -hmm. at his tempo, Mm -hmm. not mine. Right. So we work at that in our house. And if it's celebrating someone on their birthday or a special day, the entire family knows each other's tempo and mm-hmm. you automatically will align with that. And I can tell you that brings a lot of harmony to the family. Mm. It's really important. Really, really important it's to about, think about that. I mean, I think it's about honor. Yeah, it is. It is. And knowing, you know, this person sort of expects or likes this way. And how do we honor that for them? Rather than because there's some families where there could be two opposite tempos and one person's planning the party in their tempo, which really isn't for the other person. Right. And then it really is a disaster <laughs> when well, that I happens. Well, I know my, my Father's Day would have been very different if it was up to me. Right. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. And I, yeah, I mean, I think my husband's pretty sensitive now and understands for Mother's Day and different things like what is going to please me and what you know what I mean? What I'm going to expect and what's going to fit in with my tempo and vice versa. So even though we're opposite in them in some ways, we know that about one another. And it's, again, it's about honor and sort of respecting that and making that happen for the other person. And I think, you know, it's certainly important in a marriage, but with yeah. young children who don't know how to communicate that, yeah, it's also really important too, right? We want them to be so successful every step of the way, whether that's from first steps to the first test to graduation yeah, or whatever those milestones are for each family. And right. children don't know how to say that. No, they don't. They're not even aware. They're just like, this is how I am. But it is critical for children, yes, because for setting up a, you know, a place where they can do their, their homework. One kid's going to be very happy in the kitchen with commotion around them and the other kid won't be able to think there. So it's right. really important to recognize that about your kids. Yeah. My accessory course has finally launched. It is here. So to grab it, you can go to my website and click on course. Or if you go to my Instagram page, click the link in bio. That's right. I'm bringing it to you because over the last several years, it has been one of the top requested things that I get asked. And it just so happens it's what I'm really passionate about and what I've always loved to do. I always felt like your home wasn't fully dressed until I brought in that last layer and I loved doing it. And I love styling for my photo shoots. And most of the time I bring in all the accessories and get everything styled for a photo shoot. Guess what? The client wants to keep it all. Well, I'm going to show you my secrets, my tips, my tricks. It's going to be in a really simple, video course broken up into modules that are going to be easy for you to get resources, solutions, and really quick wins at an affordable price, all with direction from me. So you can have your home looking like those sitting in a magazine or how I set them up for photo shoots really easily. I'm super excited. So if you're scratching your head about what to put on your coffee table, what to put on your mantle, how to arrange it, what to put in your bookcases, 
you're going to want to go click that link in bio and get this course at a very affordable price. I hope to see you there. Absolutely. Well, I love that you bring that up and make us aware of it. Let's talk about something you delve into your book a little bit, which is how you are your own VIP. And I really like this too. I think this is so important. We spend so much time on figuring out the best vacation space or place. We take a lot of time and resources to honor what we like in our vacations. And then what I think is interesting is we don't think about that in our everyday home life, right? Mm -hmm. And so we spend tremendous time and resources to plan a vacation that could only last a few short weeks Mm. if people are lucky. But then we return home only to be unhappy. And so I guess I'm suggesting we flip the narrative. Mm-hmm. We treat our home life as the most important place by treating Thank you. By treating Wait, let me just pause for a minute. Please repeat that. <laughs> we treat our home life as the most important place. That is like yes. my mantra. Sorry. No, Sorry. I love it. I love it. And, you know, Go ahead. And one way to do that is to, let's look at hotels again, because that's my go-to. Yeah. One way is to be our own concierge. Ah, uh, Yeah. If you think about your hotel stays and that yep. concierge is helping you, yeah. you're telling that concierge your likes, maybe even your dislikes, mm-hmm. how you want the day-to-day living in that hotel space to be, mm-hmm. right? If you're celebrating something, how you want it celebrated. Mm-hmm. And all I'm saying is, let's be our own concierge at home. Yeah. I'm my kid's concierge. I know well, that. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and also, this can go across all aspects of living. Yeah. This is what I like about hotels to home. This yeah. is not just about design. This is not just about being kind to each other or right. how we eat or right. or even housekeeping, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. in hotels to home speak, you know, why not enjoy room service? Why not enjoy turndown service if that, by the way, is exciting to you and something you appreciate in your mm-hmm. everyday living? Yeah. Absolutely. So I just think it's about being your own concierge. And in the book, I I touch on this a little bit, Jill. I I talk about making a a happiness list, you know, just a quick list of things that make you happy. And then look around your daily living and see if those happiness items are even part of your day. And my suggestion would be, once you look at the list, make sure you've got those happiness, what I call polka dots, in Mm -hmm. every day. Well, and let's talk about for a minute, you know, being a VIP in your own home. So often I see in my work, that doesn't happen, meaning rooms are left unfurnished, not functioning well, uncomfortable. A good example is most people, this is a really interesting way to think about this. Most people, when they hire a designer will say, I just want to get all the rooms on the main floor done. Mm -hmm. We'll wait upstairs because nobody sees our bedroom. And I always almost fall on the floor because I say the most important people in the world are in your bedroom. Right. (laughs) And by the way, they're every day. Right. And it's where we restore and relax and collapse. And and there could be family time in there. Maybe the kids get to snuggle, get their snuggle time or movie or story, whatever. But it's like it always and still blows my mind because it still happens. And I think that should be one of the first rooms you actually decorate because that is where you're going to restore your energy and everything else. But most people feel like, well, quote, other people don't see it. And it's like, listen, you are living in the home for you. So I think your message of being a VIP in your own home also speaks to that. It means take care of your needs. 
if a room is like empty and you need to live in it, furnish it so that you can live in it. And whether it be an office you need or an exercise room, or it's a family room, but the sofa is super uncomfortable and everybody needs to be able to be comfortable there to watch TV or take a nap, whatever the scenario is, make it work for you. You're the VIP. Like your home should be where it's all happening. Absolutely. So crazy, right? And it's true. Start with yourself. And, you know, you'll actually be better at hospitality for others mm-hmm. if you're already treating yourself as a VIP. Right. Right. It's just, yeah, that, that statement, and I still hear it to this day, always blows me away. Like, well, I don't really need to do my bedroom because yeah. nobody sees it. And it's like, what? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's another one of those spaces like the entryway. Right. You and it's like every day. Yeah. Love it. Well, and make sure your mattress is really comfortable. Make sure you have sheets that feel good on your skin when you get into bed. Make sure you have a night table that can house whatever you need. Your book's a lamp. It has a drawer to put things in. I mean, it's got a function. All of that makes a difference because how we start our day and how we end our day are really critical to everything in between. You know, another thing I think people forget are wall coverings. Yes. That seems to be an afterthought. Yes. I think in both children's rooms and adult rooms alike, mm-hmm. and quite frankly, a guest room, yep. that's so important. And sometimes it's the last to be decided. Yeah. It's funny. I just wallpapered our bedroom two years ago. And I always had paint and I put just like, a, it's funny how it completely changed the environment, but just adding a textured grass cloth. Mm. And the room is entirely different. And I always felt, no matter how I was decorating my room, whether I used wall covering or paint, whatever, I always felt like our bedroom should feel a little bit like, I used to say, it should feel a little bit like a hotel room where we're coming in and we really feel like we can unwind. It just has that feeling to it. Um, Well, the other thing is if you go to a hotel, you sleep on a mattress and you know you enjoy it, you're now buying a mattress that you know already fits perfectly. Right. So using hotels to figure out your best sleep methods, whether that's sheeting or the type of pillow or the mattress or the lighting Mm -hmm. is really nice because then you've tested what you're going to be using. So much we can learn from our hotel room. So it's like, I encourage people to take notice when they're away and what are the things that stand out to them? What did they really love? What did they like? Whether it's the mattress, the sheets, the light, the scented candle that burns at night, whatever it is. Right. And bring that home. So that's, that's great. This kind of leads into what we were sort of just discussing, but I think you talk about how every space counts. Oh, yeah. I always say, roam your home. Mm -hmm. I think it's so important. And if I could liken it to anything, I would say, treat your home like you're going on a safari. Mm. Really look at your entire home to ensure that you're enjoying all the spaces. That could be your closet, by the way. That could be a laundry room. And of Mm -hmm. course, I'm always going to say entryway because of my love of lobbies. But, you know, (laughs) these are spaces that we forget. And I would say roam your home and you're probably going to know which rooms you like and which rooms are not as comfortable, like you said, maybe because of a couch or Mm -hmm. maybe because of clutter on a dining room table. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, we live with eyesores Mm -hmm. all the time. I'm amazed by it. And so I would say even if you just roamed your home for those eyesores, and cleaned those up or organized those or changed them out, by the way. I've had people say to me, the dining room isn't important to them. Meanwhile, I love a tablescape. 
Mm-hmm. So it's very different too. What's your priority? So mm-hmm. I would also suggest prioritizing the spaces for yourself. But to mm-hmm. your point, Jill, remember you are your own VIP. Right. So prioritize the spaces you're utilizing the most, spending mm-hmm. the most time. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a friend who didn't like their kitchen, didn't use it that much. And Mm. they ended up making their kitchen basically a butler pantry and using this extra space for a craft room. Yeah. I tell people all the time, like, especially living rooms and dining rooms have become kind of obsolete with the way lifestyles have changed over the decades. Mm -hmm. But I tell people, if you have what's called, quote, a living room and you set it up as that and you never use it, it's silly. So use it for what it's going to be used as. I have some families now that are making the living room sort of like a second family room, like maybe it's the adult family room. Maybe they are putting a TV there. They're making it more comfortable and less formal, but still looks nice. The dining room, like you said, some people are making them like like a little library den. It could be a craft room. Whatever it is, as long as it serves the needs of, of your family and you, then make it that room. It's okay. Like I tell them it's okay, you know? Yeah, I don't think we need to keep looking to what's culturally prescribed. Anymore, not at all. Right, not at all. We need to look at what we prescribe. What's our home RX? And, 100%. Our and home you know, RX, the other thing I love is, that. I was a huge proponent, my children mm-hmm. are older now, but I was mm-hmm. a huge proponent of kids being able to have their own space. Yeah. For a couple of reasons. Number one, I needed to keep that kind of mayhem contained. <laughs> I'll just admit it. It it just freaks me out. Anyway, I'm like, oh my (laughs) goodness. Anyway, so, but also my children learned very early on, they did have their space. Mm -hmm. But we also had space as a family and there was also adult space. So they learned that everybody's space is important. Yeah. And so they didn't take over. And they they still respect all of those. uh, Boundaries feels tough to say, but I don't think it's boundaries. But I mean, they do respect people's personal space. And they also Mm -hmm. respect that, you know, you treat the adult space maybe differently than their space and vice versa. Well, yeah. And the whole thing of taking over, particularly when children are young, that can happen very easily, as we know, with all the equipment and toys and whatever. And before you know it, you do feel like it's in every room. And it's like, it's okay to designate it and say, this is where the majority of the toys are going to be. And so make sure you have enough storage in that space. But like, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it doesn't have to take over every room of the house. You know, I think that's a very good point for sure. You're mentioning yeah. the dining room. The dining room yeah. could be the playroom. Exactly. And I've actually had some clients that do that because it is right off the kitchen. This mm-hmm. way, you know, mom and dad are easily able to watch over while they're, you know, in the kitchen and there's nothing wrong with it, you know? And so I say to people, do what works for your family. Those rules that we just talked about of, you know, having to have the living room, having to have the dining room. If you're not using them, it's silly to spend on all those furnishings and then you're not using them. So, and you can make spaces flexible too, like depending on how you set up the dining room, what it's designed to be, you could maybe flex it for when you do have people over and maybe there's a game table in there. And so, I don't know. I mean, there's all kinds of ways to do things and rethink your spaces. I always encourage people to do that. Yeah. Rethink space. And again, I think every space counts. Don't be miserable with your closet. It's not worth it. Yeah. Every space does count. Or to have rooms that you don't live in or don't want to go in, it's ridiculous. Well, and we had spoken previously about how it's really nice to have a pretty laundry room. Yeah. 
you wouldn't think that the laundry room should, you know, have that, but, or be that way, but I love a pretty laundry room. Why not? Well, it motivates you for a task that is so mundane. So talk about wall coverings. If you put like a very graphic, fun pop of color in there and it's cheerful, you're going to feel a lot happier and motivated, I think, doing a really mundane task. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's one thought that I have. I mean, I think too, you can, you can do it in a pantry. So when you come home and put the groceries away, it's like a cheerful thing to do. I mean, it sounds funny, but you can. A broom closet, you can put a graphic wallpaper. And when you open it to do those tasks that are not fun, it just does something to your mood to see something like that in a utilitarian space. You know what? To your point, we just visited a Hawaiian hotel Mm. and the closet had when you open the double doors, mm-hmm. it had just a beautiful painting of a pineapple. Yeah. Probably like two by three foot. It was it was large. Yeah. You know what? I smiled. See? How nice. You know? Right. I mean, I don't want to unpack. <laughs> but, <laughs> of course not. Come on. <laughs> but I just was I thought, oh what a nice touch. Yeah. So when we think about it in those task areas of our home, And adding something that's cheerful and bright, whether it be something painted on the wall or a wall covering, it's really funny, but it lifts your mood and you don't feel the drudgery so much to do the task. And it sounds silly and simple, but it's true. Right. Yeah, it's true. One thing you and I chatted about, so I'll let you you talk about it, but we see them a lot in hotels, but not so much at home, the do not disturb signs. Oh, my love for the do not disturb <laughs> sign. I mean, this is basically the cohabitation lifestyle game changer. It just <laughs> is. <laughs> it's a simple and effective way to live together and keep household harmony because it's getting those people around you to easily, without even talking to them, recognize that you either need focus time or you know your personal space. And I'm actually using one right now for the door of the room I'm in. My children use them when they're doing gaming Mm -hmm. and my friend uses it when she wants to meditate or do yoga. Yeah. And it just, it's, it's really just a very simple way to communicate with others in your home. I need a moment. Yeah. And now they have, you can make custom ones. So now they have some that are almost, they're slate and you can write on them or what you're doing Yeah, and the kids can have fun with that at any age. Yeah. We just bought some that were, you know, just custom wooden ones representing the region that we were visiting. Mm-hmm. And my son even commented, he said, I think I'm going to take one to college. Oh, smart. So, I mean, I think the do not disturb sign is applicable anytime, no matter whether it's family or a roommate, you're cohabitating. During lockdown, we all could have used those. I was like, because I was in my office and I was doing a lot of podcasts and stuff. I had post-its all over my door. I was like, stop, do not come in recording. You know, it was like, (laughs) don't barge in. I'm recording because when everyone was home at the same time, it got tricky and it got dicey. I think you should make one that goes with your book that we can order. That's my idea for you. Oh, thank you so much. That is a very good idea. I would like that. I think that would be great. Okay. I'm set to give the first one. Okay. (laughs) That sounds like a deal to me. This has been awesome. I would love to close the show by having you mention any other last tips or advice you would like to impart on the audience just regarding, you know, this topic overall. And then let everyone know the platforms we can find you on. We will put all the links in the show notes, Darcy. And that way everyone can find you. We'll mention your book as well. I have a copy here and everyone should really get a copy. Oh, thank you so much. 
I think when I look at hotels to home, it's really a lifestyle decoder that's holistic. And I would encourage anyone to really think on their hotel lifestyle. Mm. Maybe they haven't thought of it in this way, but start recognizing those things you like, whether it was that flooring that you adored, or for me, the do not disturb sign. Mm -hmm. But what are those little luxuries that you enjoyed? Because it's different for everyone. The book only gives you a snapshot. It's your experiences. You're the ultimate travel guide. You're Mm -hmm. the ultimate scrapbook, if you will, Mm -hmm. of what you like and what you don't like. And then listen to that and respond. I think for me, it's about listening to yourself and responding. Yeah, that's important. It's like, take a minute and listen to yourself. Yeah, Yeah. because you know what? Chances are you already know the answers. Yeah. And I ask, I have this with people all the time. I ask them really quickly, what do you like about hotels? They give Mm -hmm. me an answer. I say, do you have it at home? They say, no. Mm -hmm. Oh, but you already know what you like. So anyway, listen to yourself would be what I, I would impart on everyone. That's a great piece of advice. Yes. And then we do have Instagram at Hotels to Home. Okay. And the brand itself is Two Home Lifestyling. So that's twohomelifestyling.com. Great. Are and there's a face- blog there we do monthly and you know changes you can make and activities that you can do to foster this lifestyle in your home that are not in the book. Great. Are you on Facebook as well? No. Okay. And best place to buy the book? Barnes & Noble, Amazon. Okay. And the book, everybody for everybody, it's called Hotels to Home, Living the Luxury Hotel Experience at Home. And it's great. I suggest everybody get a copy. And I'll just add, while summer, we're just at the beginning days of summer, but everyone's going to be doing some traveling over the next few months. A lot of us are. Take note of where you're going, where you're staying. We say hotels, but I know there's a lot of Airbnbs really pulling out a lot of stops, doing very innovative and creative things now. And so even if you're at like a really cool Airbnb and you see something that is like, wow, that's great. I would love to have that every day or whatever, incorporate it at home. You know, that that would be my piece of advice. So as we get set to travel around, take note and bring it home. Yeah. Well, this has been great, Darcy. I'm so thankful for your time. I hope to connect with you soon. It's been good. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. And as always, you're going to want to always head over to jillcalmanandtears.com. I've got a wonderful new freebie for you called the Room Planner. And most of the time that you're not getting your house decorated, it's because you don't have a plan in place. This helps you cover it all and get it in motion so you can accomplish your home design goals. Go grab it now. It's totally free. And my course is also still available on the website along with so much more. I look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for listening to this episode of Welcome Home to the Suburbs. Head over to jillcalmaninteriors.com to learn more about designing a beautiful new home while minimizing the stress of moving. See you back here next week.